Ultra. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Two Towers, one unsettling Old Spice minute at a time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. I'm Norman Mitchell. (laughs) And today we'll be talking about Minute 196, which starts with Aragorn's, okay, so we're doing this, face, and ends with Legolas mid-stabby-stab. Yep, Legolas is on a horse. Yeah. Suddenly. Yes. They are all on horses. (laughs) So, hang on. Um, okay, I would like to preface this with I really admire and respect Bernard Hill as an actor. I don't understand this little, like, we are men. Get hype! Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Battle culture. Yeah, I mean, it's (laughs) it's just get hype. I love this. I love this version of the hidden when the chips are on the table and it's battle time. Mm Mm-hmm. Be- I like this. I really like his speech in Return of the King, where he rattles all the Rohirrim spears. Mm. Riders of Theoden, arise. That whole deal. That one's good. But I like this. Fell deeds awake. Now yeah, for why? wrath. Why is it now fell for deeds? ruin? And the whole night has dawn. been fell deeds. I don't understand. Well, it's dawn. He's just making a comment of like now all these things are under the light like, of day. It's vaguely Shakespearean, but like bad Shakespearean. I don't know. I've always liked this set of lines. Do not, so do not take this for me to mean that I do not like this transition. I actually love this transition. I just think the fact that they're on horses in the throne room is really silly. (laughs) But I do absolutely love this transition as a transition from Aragorn's deep breath to the blowing of the horn to this, like, let's get hype before we charge out into battle thing. Yeah. I think it works really really well for what it's trying to do i just think it's silly they're on horses in the throne room <laughs> of helm's deep yeah so uh explain to us how these but, horses got here but apparently <laughs> the stables of helm's deep are built into the mountain which first of all horses don't like caves yeah but that would make sense because you want your horses to be accessible and not vulnerable to attack especially if you're like under siege and all the paths in helm's deep are built the size of horses because there is an exit to the stables in the throne room as you do attached to it apparently which is never established right there's no even there's not even the the barest hint that this is a thing as far as you can tell watching the movie they've just shut themselves up in the keep where turn these... their horses loose. And then turn their horses loose. Their horses are just in the keep. Well, considering Eowyn let Brago go without, like, tie- untying his lead, I don't know. <laughs> right? They're just, they're, they're just horses running loose in Helm's Deep. <laughs> That's another example of poor horsemanship. <laughs> and so, that's fine. I like this transition. This transition is great. But they're suddenly on horses, which leads to, like, not just a question of where did these horses come from when you're just watching the movie. It also leads to, well, doesn't it take a while for everyone to get kind of, like, settled onto horseback while these guys are breaking down the door? Right. 
So that, that door... We see one guy get knocked right on his ass when the door opens up. Well, that door is obviously more sturdy than it appeared to be. Unless they all got ready to go in like five minutes tops. <laughs> it had to be less. I mean, the transition is just across the scene. <laughs> like, they were just getting ready in silence, and then Theoden's just, like, clearing his throat, like, <clears throat> and okay, you, for wrath. <laughs> fell deeds awake. Now for wrath. He's, like, practicing it. Now for ruin. He's, like, mumbling it to itself. For and like, a red dawn. <laughs> He's like, mm, is that too much? Then he puts on his helmet. For Theolingus! <laughs> Like, I really like the lines. I love the way they're delivered. It's just, I just, it's so silly that they're on horses when we come back to the throne room. And you know what? When we were watching this, I think it was the first time we were watching this through all the way for, like... The the theatrical review? I think, yeah, I think it was that. Um, You were like, wait, why are they suddenly on horses? Like, you've never seen this movie before. Oh, no. No, no, no. This is something I've I've noticed forever. (laughs) Okay. I'm just like... I just wanted to just point that out particularly to you. <laughs> so you've been sitting on this for, like, the better part, like, almost a year. You're yeah. like, that's weird. That's weird. Isn't this weird? And I'm like, yeah, you're right. That is weird. Isn't that a weird transition? Because <laughs> it is. Like, when you think about the blocking of the scene, because we can see back into the throne room during points of this scene. Right. And there, you, there's no horses. It doesn't even look like there's a door big enough for a horse to come through. <laughs> but clearly there is. But the, they ride out two by two on horseback. Right. Also, when uh, when you when the camera turns around and looks at all the horses, when you see Aragorn behind Theoden, he doesn't look hyped up. He doesn't even look necessarily that interested in what's going on. He's just there over Theoden's. Right shoulder, well, so he's, he's on the left side of the screen. He's accomplished his job. He's yeah. accomplished the, the task that Gandalf gave him, which is like... He looks a little reticent. Stand and not by like, the king. He looks a little res- reticent to what he's doing, not like, oh, yeah, hey, we're doing this. He's just, we're doing this. Well, the um the, the, deep, the breath deep breath that he takes... Is, I'm getting ready to maybe die for what Gandalf told me to do. Well, I don't think so. Like, he looks... He looks more, ex- like, hype in that moment than he does when he's backing Theoden up. Yeah, he does. Now that he's on horseback inside, he's maybe like, oh, he's just no, like, this, this is not a- my element. This is, I am not a rider of Rohan. <laughs> I'll just, I'll stick with Legolas, I guess. I am no Rohirrim, Theoden. Get on a horse. <laughs> because Aragorn is the one that says Be ride out with me. Right, exactly. And Theoden's like, you said ride out with you. You're going to ride. I meant in a more metaphorical sense. He's like, get on the horse, son. I'm on a horse. You're on a horse. We're all on a horse. Gimli is playing it smart. He's just sitting up there. Bless him. For the first time, all movie, he is doing what Gimli's do best. Well, no, that's not true. He was like smashing orcs. But I'm impressed with Gimli's... uh, His lung capacity? Yeah, his lung capacity. That's just a side effect of his super strength. (laughs) His his breathing control, does he, like, play the didgeridoo? Is he trained maybe, to circular breathe? Because this horn blow goes on for a really long time. Maybe he plays the trombone in some dwarf band. You know what? That'd be sick. Because I imagine dwarf bands are all brass and percussion. That, that tracks with me. No woodwind or strings to be found. I don't think so. No reed instruments. You don't think, like... 
maybe a pan flute. Yeah, not maybe not like a reed instrument, instrument, but like I don't know. Maybe the occasional like pan flute, but not like a flute. I'm struggling to remember the score for most of the Hobbit, but I feel like there's like it's got when the the dwarves are singing. There's more like a more orchestral feel to it. Yeah, I mean there's there's strings in in every piece of music pretty much. Okay, across all these movies, but. It's a matter of how they sound, like, because when something is very deep and bassy, it's easy to just kind of make it sound more like percussion, even though it's really strings. Or, like, really breathy, like a deep, like a deep brass instrument. But it's still clearly strings when you really listen to it. I don't follow. Like, you can give the, the thing about strings is you can give the impression of so many different kinds of sounds that you can give the impression of different kinds of instruments, even though it's strings. I don't necessarily maybe it's because i was in an orchestra for like 10 years but like i definitely know when like it's strings like I yeah I'm, I'm not saying you can't tell i'm just saying that the the breadth of the kinds of sounds you can make with strings you can give the impression of different kinds of instrumentation even though it's still clearly strings i guess so because you can make a guitar sound like a wolf howling what Yes, I there. You can do incredible things with an electric guitar. Oh, an electric guitar. See, when which like, is a string instrument. No, I know, but like when you say string instrument, I'm like violin, viola, cello, bass. Like, and I mean incredibly ta- talented. Uh, what what are they called? Um, what do you call a violin player? A violinist? Yes. I don't know. That doesn't sound like a real word to me. You married one. <laughs> Violinist doesn't sound like... That just sounds like the way you're just like... Like you would make up the word. It doesn't sound like it would be the proper word. The way that you change other things for some stuff. Like guitarist sounds fine, I guess. But I don't know. Violinist just has a flow to it that doesn't sound like a real word to me for some reason. Thanks, I guess. I don't know. Is it because there's multiple syllables? Like there's an extra syllable? Maybe. It might be that. It might be because it, there's there's three I syllables in the word, and there's the word is so it's three syllables, but they're said so quickly together. It's four. Yeah, four syllables, <laughs> but like they happen so fast, it's a very quick word. Yeah, maybe that's why it doesn't sound quite right. Like I also think flautist sounds silly. Why? I don't know. It just does. You were in a band. That just makes me think of of flautists. Like the the delicious Mexican. Uh, Food? Yes, exactly. Flautas? Yes. They're called that because they look like flutes. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> oh, my God. Regardless. Oh, like, my God. <laughs> I mean, real, real talented violinists, like, can make a violin sound more like singing than, like, strings. Yeah. But, like... So you can get... But that's with, like, amplification and, like... Like, an electric violin sounds different than, a, yeah. like, an acoustic violin. But, I mean, violin. you can do that with an acoustic violin. Yeah, that's true. I suck at violins. <laughs> so, like, string instruments can give the impression of other kinds of sounds. Because we can make so many different... Like, a string instrument works basically the way our vocal cords work. No, I know. And think of all the sounds that you can make with your mouth. That's true. I guess. I just never thought of it that way. Like, because I've... Because, like, quick, bassy strings can give the impression of drums, even if you're not using drums in the work. I don't really agree with that, but... 
like when I hear quick bassy strings Maybe to like the untrained ear. Well, when I hear quick bassy strings, it makes me think that they're trying to emulate drum beats. Yeah, but emulation and like um mimicking or not mimicking, but like giving the impression of and actually sounding like are two different things to yes, me. Yes, they are. Okay. I'm, I'm, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying giving the impression. I'm not saying uh, sounds like. No, because you're using sounds like and I'm confused. <laughs> did I say sounds like? If I did, I didn't mean to. Because <laughs> That's I, why I'm like, uh, give the impression. string bass does not sound like kettle drum. Sorry. <laughs> like you can give the, like, some string instruments can do a pretty good impression of a lot of different sounds. Especially ones built to do so. I would argue that woodwinds have a, a more um, breadth of range for that. Like, mm. like a, I don't know, like an oboe or a bassoon or like a, a saxophone even. Like, that range is a little more flexible as far as emulating other sounds, I think. Mm. I don't know. I always... How did we end up here? You were, um, we were oh, yeah, asking the about the, the score Hobbit. for dwarves, yeah. 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 But I think that would be cool because Howard Shore does such a good job of establishing in these movies the different cultural, um, like, musical imprints. Like, mm. elven music sounds different than the music of Rohan, sounds different than the music of Gondor, sounds different than the music of uh, the Shire. Yeah, but Gondor and Rohan are, like, close-ish. Yeah, but, like... Gondor does not come close to that beautiful theme of of Rohan, which we oh, get no. here. Oh yeah, absolutely. That, uh, I like the triumphant, um, like brassy fanfare um, in the middle of the Rohan theme. No, no, I mean like it's the the when they're charging on the causeway. Yeah, it's the Rohan theme um, that was that we heard on strings, but it's now um, reorchestrated to be bigger and bolder because. It's a red dawn. It's a bigger and bolder moment. Yeah. Yeah, the way that they just charge through everybody also... So first of all, we know that there are Urukai with crossbows. Yes. There are lots of Urukai all around them. Yes. They charge through them like they are wading through water. Well... I mean, there's a, there's a there's one shot in particular where they come downstairs and then keep coming straight at the camera. What, do you want like the realistic version where Theoden's just like for Theolingus and then he gets shot in the throat with a crossbow and dies? Like, no, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, it just kind of <laughs> oh looks gosh. silly when you when you watch some Calm of the blocking. Down, Zack Snyder. <laughs> when you watch some of the blocking of them coming coming out into the the main area, there's one there's one moment in particular where they come down some stairs and then turn coming directly at the camera, mm-hmm. where Urukai. Just look, they're stepping out of their way because they're, they don't like horses. They just look afraid of the horses in general. Um, well, I would chalk that up to the extras not wanting to die. <laughs> well, not wanting to be run into by a horse. Yeah. <laughs> you know. That's fair. That's entirely fair. <laughs> you know. Just like. This had to have been a nightmare <laughs> to film. They, and I mean, of course, they do it in such small chunks. And all the orcs that they're plowing through on the causeway are not real. Right. Yeah. Like, it doesn't look terrible, but you can definitely tell. Some of them have a uh, have some of that ragdoll quality too. Quality them. going on. Yeah, they look like Stretch Armstrongs just thrown on the ground. <laughs> They're noodle arms. Not as bad as the noodle legged horses in Fellowship of the Ring at the the. Oh right, yeah the the water horses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, no, the Nazgul's horses when they get picked up. Oh yeah, up. yeah, yeah. When they get 
bowled over by <laughs> just the horse's arms get all noodly, their legs just <laughs> doesn't look that bad. <laughs> That's like the worst offender of noodle arm of like noodly appendages somewhere in the movies. It's just like it's supposed to be a limb, not the Balrog's whip. <laughs> oh, I never finished my point. So like I wish that the dwarves also had their own, like, distinct musical sound. And, like, maybe I'm not remembering. I Okay. It's, I think the, it's the Moria theme. It's fair that I'm not, like, remembering. Well, I mean, the Moria theme I'm is supposed to be about, dwarfy. Like, right. I'm talking about the Hobbit movies, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, when they when they all sing at the beginning of the first one. I mean, I take the... The composition of that song is supposed to be, this is what dwarf music sounds like. Yeah, I mean. And it's very, like, it's it's percussion and bassy wind. Wind instruments, I think. When they're singing? Yeah. When they're singing, um, they sing for a while without Yeah, they, Yeah, the acapella for, like, the first 30 seconds or so. And it's good. That is, ah, oh, man, I really, like... I need to rewatch it, but I really enjoyed that first Hobbit movie, and that's why I think I'm so salty about the other two. <laughs> it should have just been two movies. Oh, well. Um, yeah, I guess the Moria... But, like, Moria is intended to be, like... It's also an action set piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess Moria is intended to be, like, the echoes of the Dwarven Empire. Like, look at all this grandeur. And this mm. is, like, what they were. I'm more interested in, like... What they currently are. Yeah. Yeah, there's just no good opportunity for that in these movies. I know, but that's why I, like... Try to think about the music from The Hobbit. Yeah. But the only... Honestly, the only pieces of music that stand out to me are from the first movie when they are singing in Bilbo's living room. Mm. That's what Bilbo Baggins hates. Yes. It's also what I hate. <laughs> Do not juggle China in my kitchen. I'm sorry. They don't break a single thing. I don't care thing. how hot you are. Do not do this. Thorin, Thorin doesn't participate, shield. right? He just sits there. Yeah, Philly and Kelly are hot. <laughs> the line of Durin is strong and sexy. <laughs> Trust me, we're doing you a favor by not covering these, okay? <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, the whole point of like this whole minute is, well, Theoden's ready to charge out there now. Well, Theoden's ready to die. Just, how many men will I kill with me? Right? This reminds me, like, this moment makes me think of uh, a quote from Patton, which is, the object of war is not to die for your country, it's to make the other sorry sons of bitches die for theirs. I don't know why this makes me think of that. <laughs> oh my god. But, like, the way, like... I mean, yeah. Theoden's yeah. attitude when he's getting ready to charge out the door kind of just makes me think of that. Yeah. Fell deeds awake, like, oh no, what are you going to do? <laughs> right, it's just like, well, murder is murder. Even if it's in the name of war. <sighs> because, like, the now for wrath, now for ruin thing is just like, one way or another, this ends in blood. Right. And a red dawn. It's mine or yours. I mean, that's the second time in this movie that we've had someone allude to, like, the a dawn. red dawn rises. Yeah. Blood has been spilled this night. Yeah. So. Thanks, Legolas. I don't know, man. I really just like that set of lines. Mm. The, the transition is great. Putting on the helmet as part of it is great. So we're getting ready for battle. It's time. And then I'm on a horse. <laughs> just it really it's like it really is just like that old spice commercial. It's just we're moving along. Yeah, that's why I introduced I know. the minute. Like the transition is fine, and then I'm on a horse. <laughs> How did we get here? Look down, look up, 
I'm on a horse. <laughs> Look at your man. Now back to me. Now back to your man. <laughs> We're from the website duelinggenre.com. Check us out there. Check out the other wonderful podcasts on the site. And if you are feeling generous and you haven't done so already, uh, check out our Patreon page where you can access that from duelinggenre.com slash support. Uh, we really appreciate your listenership and your cash. Uh, <laughs> so, no pressure, but it really helps us out a lot. Um, and special thanks, as always, to our Patreon associate producer, Ed Foster. You the real MVP. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more about Theoden uh, on a horse. Where well, he belongs. Where it's true, where he belongs. He's just mowing people down like crazy. <laughs> He's like trimming the hedge. <laughs> Time to go out and mow the lawn. <sighs> but instead of grass, it's orcs. <laughs> Bye. Bye.